0: My title for this afternoon: those of you who have brought your notebooks, please take note. Those of you who brought your telephones, please, I beg you in the name of Jesus, switch off your phone for the next one hour. Actually, you are supposed to have it off the moment you come into the house of God. Okay, please. So switch off your phones. If only one call you get, that's the call to go heaven. Okay? And that will be not your call today because we prayed for long life. so. Be careful. If you are on your phone, you know what will happen. Right. I've titled today's message as If God is for you If God is for you Who can be against you? That's the title and I've taken it from the book of Romans chapter 8 We will be studying Romans chapter 8 You might be wondering as to I started on baptism just because I had some brethren who came to me and said, please don't continue baptism uh, of the Holy Spirit till we come back from vacation. So till they all come back, we'll wait for another month. If still God keeps me here in this land and with you, we will do that session until he calls me. Okay. I'm doing Romans chapter 8 verses 26 onwards I will be, uh, we will be studying today. About 250 years ago, a preacher by the name of Jonathan Edward preached a sermon called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Has anybody read that? Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. If you get a chance, please take that book and read it. And the title reflects the attitude of many of us that we have. Many of us got this wrong concept in our mind that God is angry with us because of something that we have done in the past and that God is waiting to punish us. It's a common thing. I remember even that was told to me and to my wife just because when the accident took place for me, they said, because you left the church, God punished you. And how often parents tell young children when they get hurt, I see Jesus punished you. So that little child grows with that wrong concept, I did something wrong, Jesus punished me immediately. And we we have lived with this concept. And three centuries ago, people had this wrong concept of God, but they still have that concept even now. That he is an ultimate joy killer. They think that God is waiting to take away your joy because you did something wrong 3,000 years ago. One man described this in this way. I'll read it. This man described it I grew up believing that God spends all his time looking for people who are having fun and then makes them stop having fun and joy. That's what a man has written about God. There's a lot of people in this world today and even in Bread of Life who have this concept God doesn't want me to be happy because I've done something wrong God is waiting to punish me we have this wrong concept and because your prayers are not heard oh I'm being punished by God that's the reason my prayer is not being heard, wrong concept wrong concept of the word of God they believe that God is against them and not for them, many believe that God is always against me. Now, where do people get this concept of idea that God is against them? Well, certainly, this is not from the Bible. The Bible does not say any sort of this thing. They get it when they twist the scripture. That's the reason it's very important. Anyone standing at the pulpit or preaching in someone's house, be careful when you listen to them, because they can take the scripture twist it, take one scripture out, make that a context and that becomes a doctrine for them. Read the entire scripture. So that's the reason we have to be very careful. They twist the scripture and they say that God is not number one, that God is not a loving God. They try to prove it. They try to prove that God is not a kind God. And today beautifully we sang such wonderful songs showing that God is a good God. He's a loving God. We thank God that the Holy Spirit lets us choose these songs of Choir. And they, they try to show that He is not a merciful God. They try to show that He's not a God who wants to give you the best, that He's always waiting to punish you. So today, I'm going to prove them wrong by the grace of God and show you that our God is a good God. He's a loving God. He's a prayer answering God. He loves you no matter what you have done in the past. And He will still love you even more in your future. That's the God we, we praise and we worship. Let us give glory to God for that. Let us worship Him for that. He is a good God. He is a holy God. Amen. So I want to show you four ways. I'm going to today show you there are four ways. Next slide. There are four ways that God is a good God. Number one. To show you that how good our God is, the first point that I'm choosing today is He, that is God, the Holy Spirit, prays for us. So, number one, you should know that the Holy Spirit prays for us. What more do you and I want to know that God Himself has sent His Spirit to pray for us. And we see that in verse 26, we will see that you have heard us saying, have you ever heard this? Pray others, when it's hardest to pray, have you heard that? Or sing when you do not like to sing? Ask them. Ask a the brother who has lost a loved one and tell him, "Can you pray? Can you sing? It's so hard to sing." Ask somebody who has a miscarriage and ask, "Can you sing to God now?" Ask somebody who has just lost a loved one. Ask somebody who has lost a job and tell brother, "Why did you sing to the Lord?" It's very hard. But the Bible says, Sing when it's the hardest for you to do. When things are chaos at home, learn to sing to God. So let us look at verse twenty six. The scripture says in verse twenty six, brother Kevin you've got the mic with you. In the same way, Romans eight twenty six, the Bible says, The Spirit helps us. Who is us? We. The Holy Spirit tell, tell your neighbor, the Holy Spirit praise for you. Tell your neighbor. And when does he do this? Look at the scripture. I just want you to look at the scripture for a minute. When does the Holy Spirit do this for us? He does it in our, see that In your greatest weakness, when everything is chaotic, when everything is falling apart in your life, in your home, in your job, around you, your personal life. When everything is going chaos, then the Holy Spirit now steps into your life. He steps into your prayer. He steps into that place, into that situation, and in that weakest moment, when you're not able to sing, when you're not able to praise, when you're not able to laugh, when people come to your house, and there is no laughter in you, but you do that pretending to show that everything is good, then He comes in you. He gives you the genuine joy. He gives you the genuine peace. And the scripture says that in our weakness, We do not know what to pray. It means we do not know what to ask. We do not know what to speak. And in that weakness, the Holy Spirit now comes in, takes complete control of us. And that's the reason that peace comes from nowhere, where the worldly person runs and commits suicide. But you are able to bend your knees and worship God, because the Holy Spirit has now taken control of you to give you the total peace. And see... That we do not know what we have to pray for But the Holy Spirit Now what he does You are in the situation that you are not able to pray You are not able to talk You are not able to sing The Bible says he himself intercedes for us Where we are not able to do anything He comes and now the first thing He starts to intercede for us Amen Are you blessed? If you are sleeping say Amen Thank you Now, He comes and He intercedes for us, with how? Look at the scripture, look at the scripture of the board, with groans that cannot be expressed. So that when we are crying in tears, when we are groaning in sadness, and when there's no words anymore to come, now He steps in, He takes control. That's the reason you are not able, and that's the reason you find yourself, you are groaning in the spirit. What is happening? The Holy Spirit has now taken control of your life. I'll show you one more scripture where I showed you how the Holy Spirit is praying for us. And then, okay, let me ask you a question: Where is God the Father? All are dead in this church. Where is God the Father at this moment? In a minute. Where is God the Son? Where is the Holy Spirit? So, we have seen one person, the Holy Spirit taking control of us. God the Son. Look at verse 34. Look at verse 34. See the second part. It says, Jesus Christ, where it says, verse 34. Who then is the one who condemns? No one can condemn you. The one, Jesus Christ, who died. More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Here you see, we have God the Father who there is on the throne and the Holy Spirit now grows within us and Jesus takes it and starts to intercede. So we have both of them standing for you. So who can ever say that God is against you? And when we see the scriptures that God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is now praying and interceding for us. Amen? So there has been times personally in my life when I was angry with everything that is happening around me and I know many fathers and mothers go through that when things are so going totally against of what you want and you are not able to pray let us, this is the reality let us be realistic here let us not pretend to be we are earlier than thou art ok, when everything is going chaotic at, at, at home you're not able to pray. And I was like that and many times still going on. Or when you're too hurt with your loved ones who you thought would do everything according to what you want and now those loved ones are either doing things that are totally against what you believe, against what you want, against your desire and now you're not even able to pray out to God because you're struggling There is everything hurt. And I faced that I'm only teaching you what I've gone through. Or, you find it very hard when you are discouraged and everyone around you in the outer circle hurts you. You get it so sad. So, sometimes we cannot find words to express our pain even to God. We are all that. So, when we come to this point and we do not know what to pray, how to pray, God in His infinite mercy and in His grace allows the Holy Spirit now to come and take control and pray for us. Amen? That's the time He steps in. When we need Him the most He is there beside us. Amen? He, what He does He, now I want to show you something. The Holy Spirit takes the prayer. What prayer? The groaning. What prayer? The crying. What prayer? The words that you cannot express. He takes that prayer and He translates that prayer. He translates that prayer and now he presents that prayer to the Father. That's the reason he says the Holy Spirit takes thing when in our weakness. He translates that prayer to the Father through Christ the Son. Now, I will give you an example to understand that. I know the younger generation may not understand this example but the older generation in my age group will understand. Do you remember the old days, 80s and 90s when you watch the Chinese Karate movies, how many of you watch Chinese Karate movie? Oh, thank God, many are in my life. Thank you, God bless you. Do you remember that? The act- Pastor And you used to watch Chinese movies, Pastor? Oh. When I was preparing, I knew. I can't ask this to Pastor because he would not have watched any Chinese Karate movie. Okay, but I know Pastor Leslie will be in line with me with this while preparing this I was thinking what should I do Okay, do you remember the the actor will speak in his native language so what was the language Chinese correct but you will see the lip uh, lip movement and suddenly the words will not correspond to the movie screen correct because the, the dialogue is now dubbed by somebody understand that the actor could be speaking in Chinese but what are we hearing in English correct in the same way the Holy Spirit, if you want to really understand that, what He does, the Holy Spirit dubs our voice because we are groaning. There's no words coming out from us. And all we are doing is weeping and weeping and weeping and weeping, weeping and not stopping and weeping. And we are asking, God, where are you? Then the Holy Spirit now comes and He takes control and He takes that and makes it into a prayer so that our Father is able to know what you are crying out in, deep in your heart. You understand that? Now, except in the Chinese movies, the actor is talking, but in our lives we are not able to talk, we are weeping and crying. Do you remember some time ago when Pastor Abraham was speaking here, Jesus, he how many of you have witnessed the groaning of prayer? Do you remember that? Pastor asked us from this pulpit. How many of you still experience that? That you groan in your prayer? That's the time we must know what is happening in heaven today, I'm telling you. Then the Holy Spirit comes, He helps us. So why is God doing this for us? Because God knows us inside out. He knows us through and through. Even your husband, wife will not know you, but our daddy knows us. Amen? Verse twenty seven. Brother, verse twenty-seven.
1: Verse twenty seven says, And he that such are the hearts.
0: Knoweth what is the mind of the spirit? See, he who searches the heart, he knows what your spirit is now thinking of. Continue, my brother. Because he
1: he made intercession
0: In. for the saints according to the will of God. Amen. The Holy Spirit is now making intercession for you. All you do is go into His presence, go on your knees, and say, "God, I have no words, because you know what I've gone through. You know my past." You know my present and you know what the future. Can you take control now Father? Holy Spirit, pray for me please. I have no words and be in His presence and He will do it. Amen. I'd like us to sing this song that God is good. All the time, He is good. Is it okay if you could just stand up on our feet? I want to show you that the Holy Spirit is so good to us. Amen. God is
2: good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. God is good.
0: God. My second point is, God always gives us the best. Tell your neighbor that. God always gives us the best. The best, not the second best. And there's a scripture to it. There is a scripture for it. Look at verse 28. Yes, my brother, verse 28. And we know, and we know that God causes, look at the scripture on the board. God causes All things to work together. Together for who? For for those who love God. God. Now let me explain that. To those who love God. What does it mean to God does everything good? The speculation is, if you love God. That is loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Not loving God on Friday. There are many Friday loving God's people. It is when you love Him with all your soul and with all your strength that you give, that even if you're getting burnt out, you will say, I'd rather get burnt out for Christ. Amen? Amen. And now we get the next word. It says, to those who are called, who are called according, according to, to His purpose. You see that. Those who are called according to His purpose, whatever we pray for the promise of the week is your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. So we always have this misconception that bad things can happen to us. Do you know sometimes before you can take your car out of the out of the driveway, you always think something's going to happen now. Your child is going to travel, something's going to happen now. You're going to the toilet, something's going to happen now. Everywhere you go, something's going to happen. You always have that negative feeling and many believers have this. They always have something bad is going to happen Something bad is going to happen Never to realize that God is there for you We believe that we are victimized By the events that are going to happen in our lives But that is not the case Because the Bible says And if the Bible makes an incredible promise God will make everything work for our best Tell your neighbor that God will make everything work for our best Everything. Amen? That's the promise that you're going to carry and go. So, what does that mean that God will make everything work for our best? What does that really mean if a non believer is to ask you that question? How will you explain that scripture? Nothing bad can happen to you. Do you know that? Do you believe that? Amen? Tell your neighbor, nothing bad can happen to you. Because God is in control of your life. Thank you. No matter what you are going through, in the natural, it might sound bad. In the natural. It might look ugly. It might look awful. Remember what I told you about my accident? Ugly. But God worked it out, something beautiful for me. He prepared my now present far ahead at that time even though the car was cancelled by the grace of God, God gave the inspiration to brother Aditya to talk to me something the advice he gave me, I took that advice and by his grace I have been sustained even till today by that accident he worked it out good for me that he is supplying all my needs accident bad car totally gone but the good that God prepared for me now At the time of whatever is happening, might seem bad, because we can only see what is ahead of us and what is in front of us. We are not able to see the future, and God will turn that around for you in Jesus' name. So, one stipulation is required for bad things to turn out good for us. Please pay attention. One stipulation, and that is to those who are committed to him. You need to be committed to God. Now, what does it mean to be committed to God? Number one is to be committed, is to be faithful. Faithful in small things. Faithful in the children that God has given you. Faithful in the time that you have, the time that God has given to you. Faithful in your prayer life. Faithful in in ministering to people in every area, whatever area. Name an area and ask yourself, am I faithful till the end? Many of us are faithful only in the beginning of our ministry. I want to warn everyone in ministry level. We are faithful only in the beginning, but as time goes by, the enemy makes us cold, and for some reason, that faithfulness slowly diminishes, and we have reasons for what we are doing not to do. So for this scripture to be to those who are committed, number one is faithfulness and obedience. No matter what he tells you, I will be obedient. It sounds horrible. Sounds disgusting. It sounds unpleasant. God, I will obey you because I am committed to you. Amen? I want to share a story today. Because I was thinking of the children in our midst, and sometimes we as leaders forget about our children. So I'm going to share a small story to you about a young man when bad things, brother, when bad things happen to us. And I want to share the story about this young man who his father loved him very much. He was very dear to his father. Yes, brother, number one, please. He was so dear to his father that everyone around him became jealous because he was daddy's favorite. How many children always tell the parents, I know you love Anju more than me. I know you love Samuel more than me. Parents, children do that, correct? And sometimes there is jealousy that grows in family. Do you know jealousy grows within the church also? Brother Claude is very close to Pastor Abraham. Every time he is talking, maybe Pastor Abraham loves him very much. And there is a small type of jealousy that grows in us. So this young man... His father loved him. The father would have seen great things in him. But when somebody loves you, the enemy always raises up a standard against you. Second slide, my brother. And immediately jealousy grew among his brethren. And his brethren said, this guy is too daddy's favorite. Unless we get rid of him, will daddy love us also. And they decided one day we have to do something against this boy. How many of us in ministry, when somebody is doing well, we want to make sure that person doesn't do well, we get rid of them. We find our own ways of getting rid of people. We are very good at it. We all got diploma holders in that. And the brothers now decided it's time to get rid of them. Just imagine you love your family and they want to get rid of you because you're doing the right thing. What about your office? You're doing everything that is right but somebody in your office wants to get rid of you because you are doing everything for right. You are standing for truth. And these guys decided, let us get rid of him and throw him into the well. But there's one of the brothers who had a little mercy upon him and says, let us not do that to our brother. God will always keep one man of favor or one woman of favor. That's the reason in your prayer life, always pray, God, raise up a man or woman of favor for me. So when everything is going bad around you, there will rise up one man who will stand in favor. Even though all around you are against you, one person will stand up. And God in his mercy lets that one person's voice rise above the others. And that was the voice of Judah. And that's the reason even Christ came to that lineage. One man who stood up. If you stand up for what is right, God will remember what you have done. And as years go by, you will raise up somebody because you stood for what is right. Even though everything seems to be wrong, but you stand for right. And later on they decided, yes, my brother, three. Later on they decided, okay, let us not kill this guy. Let us now sell him to the slave trade people. Just imagine if your own brothers sell you, how do we sell our brothers? Nice way. Something bad happened in Pastor Leslie's house. Oh, my brother, we need to pray for Pastor Leslie. Oh, he was, he was looking very sad the other day. And, but you know something? Ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. All that happened. We want to get rid of people. We do things. And then I come and I meet Pastor Leslie. He said, I love you, Pastor. God bless you. That man innocently also hugs you. He does not know what you are doing. These brothers hated their brothers so much. See the hate among brothers. How much hate will it be in the church? How much hate will it be in your workplace? If brothers can hate you, your members can hate you, even the people of the world will hate you more. That's the reason. Pray, pray, pray. God send forth men and women of favor for me. Just for me, Lord God. Even though the storm comes against you, a man of favor will rise up for you. Even though this boy was sold into slavery, he went. But I want to show you something about this young boy. I want to show you later on, I'll keep the best for the last. Okay, if I can, if I give it to you now, you'll go away. So what happens? Now we see that he goes and he's sold into Egypt, fourth slide brother and he is working in Potiphar's house. What happens if tomorrow morning, Pastor Leslie has come to know that I've spoken bad because my brother told Pastor Leslie, what would he feel? He'll feel hurt, correct? This man never grumbled, never complained. The Bible says he was faithful in Potiphar's house, in the Egyptian house. Look at that. If you're getting hurt by people around you, you continue to be faithful at your workplace. If your wife is nagging you, be faithful to her. Okay? Be faithful. Your husband comes late every day. Be faithful to him. The man was faithful even though things were going wrong. But I want to show you the next thing. In Potiphar's house, this man, even though he was sold as a slave was living like a prince. Because he had everything in The word of God says that Potiphar gave everything to him. Correct? Even though as a slave, he was living like a prince there. Having everything under control. Now, sorry, if we stop the story at this place, it will be very beautiful. Why? Brothers hated me. God was merciful. I am in a good place. Everything is nice. I have everyone to command around me. My brothers commanded me before. Now I have people. Beautiful Hindi. Best Hindi. But God was still not done with that boy. Circumstances were still not done over with him. And the enemy comes again. Next slide, my brother. I want to show you what can happen sometimes. When you are faithful, there will be people who will want to be, they are called destiny stoppers. Do you know what is a destiny stopper? When God has got a plan and purpose for you, there will be destiny stoppers to stop you from attaining the vision and the plan that God has for your life. And that destiny stopper was the wife of Potiphar. First time. Beautiful work, Joseph. I like you. When my husband is away, you're doing it. Come more often when, dad, when, when Papa is away. And Joseph had to come more often. And something that would have started in a natural way of liking there's an echo, there's a start liking, suddenly became obsession. That's the reason men and women, when you are working, if somebody is very nice with you and smiling at you, brother, brother, you're doing a very good job, great job, immediately go to your bed and pray. It's true. Go home and pray on your knees. Father, that which is liking should not become obsession. Because they are destiny struggles for you. So I want to encourage you today, whatever happens, be careful. Yes, this man, every day she was taunting him, taunting him, Jacob, Joseph, completely. Papa is not here. Just one time, let us have. And he could have chosen to do that. He could have chosen to do that because nobody was watching him. And I like what this young man said. Even though nobody is around, God is looking at me. That should be your word anytime you want to do any wrong. No matter what be the wrong, stealing, killing, lying, backbiting, whatever be it. Always tell yourself before a word can come from your lips, my God is looking at me. I will not sin against my God. This boy could have taken this opportunity. This was the best opportunity. Imagine telling Pharaoh, forty uh, first wife, darling, fine, I will sleep with you. We will get rid of Papa's food. You could cook something and they had very good ways of getting rid of people. He could have got rid of Potiphar and taken control, but his destiny would have been stopped. Maybe in your office, there are easy ways to make money, easy ways to come up to that ladder, take someone's job and go back by them and come to the ladder. That will be a destiny stopper for you. So be very careful. No matter what is up, it is not our business to do what's happening around us. Our business to do the work of God that has called us to be in our office. Simple. Next slide, mother. And because he never gave in to sin, he the consequences was she found fault with him, told the husband, and Joseph was now because of his faithfulness. The man was faithful. I want to encourage you today: be faithful even at the point of death. I never hear. Hey, Amen. Next slide, brother. That faithfulness brought him into the prison. Now, what will we do? God, you know I was faithful and yet I am in prison. God, you know I was faithful. Let, I, I lost my job. God, you know I was faithful. Everyone got against me. God, I was faithful. No salary. And we have all the reasons to complain. And we prove to God that we are faithful and that he is unfaithful. That's what we tell you. When you grumble against God, it's showing God, you are an unfaithful God. I am a faithful person. This man, even in prison, even in prison, God's favor with him. I want to show you something about Joseph's life still. In all these situations that are taking place with Joseph, God was with him. What more do you want, no matter what be your situation? If God is for you, Who can be against you? You might be in prison. You might lose your job. You might be cast away, thrown away. Remember, if God is for you, He will sustain you. I remember talking to Pastor Abraham some time ago, and always you two used to tell me one thing. Brother, I don't care if I go back. I know I will serve God. And when that man told me that, it always put an impression in my heart. That should be my desire also. Most of us want to go and enjoy. He says, I will go and continue to serve him. Now, in all these situations, I want to show you something very 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 unique. In all these situations, the Bible records that wherever Joseph was, people knew that the God of Joseph was with him. No matter what situation you are, the people around you will know that your God is with you because God is blessing you and prospering in your job. That's the assurity that you will have always. My God is with me, no matter what be the situation. Now, the climax of the story, next one my brother. God will always raise up situations around you for you to be elevated. No matter where you are, maybe your company will go through something that is wrong and they will look for one man. God will always make you that one man or that one woman to be seen. Because somebody who you did good for Or somebody that you spoke to Somebody that you shared for Will be the person that will be a man of favor for you Amen Just as Judah was for him in the beginning The baker was there for him The wine bearer was there for him As a man of favor And it's so beautiful He explained the dream And knew what the king says If we look in all the country We will never find somebody like The spirit that God has in you Beautifully can your workers say that the Spirit of God is upon you? Ask yourself this question. As somebody come and said, truly you are a Christian? Not by words, but you are a Christian by action. Last thing, Buddha. In all this, God in his infinite mercy at the last moment raised up Joseph to the calling that he had. Amen? But now I want to show you something. Just think not of the scene where now he is the second in command. But what would have been the state when he was thrown into that pit? Would he have ever thought that he is going to be second in command? What when he was thrown in prison for doing the right, right thing? Did he ever think that he is going to be here? So I want to keep this in your mind no matter what you are. Look ahead and ask God, God give me spiritualized That I will be able to see beyond the natural What man cannot see What you have got in store for me Amen That time would have been sorrowful That time would have been painful That time would have been agony for him But Joseph held on always Joseph I want to share something Joseph never kept anger against his brothers For the wrong they did a beautiful statement, what you intended bad for me, God turned it out for our good. Amen? Amen. How many of us, when someone does wrong, no matter God has forgiven that person, but we hold that on till that person dies also. Even after death also, we will still tell that person did wrong. Who do you think we are to judge somebody? If God has forgiven that person, no matter what the wrong is. Don't hold wrong against anybody. Forgive them because God has forgiven them. Joseph never held that wrong. No matter the big wrong that his brothers did against him. I want you and I warn you in the name of Jesus. Never speak of somebody's wrong if that person has got right with God. Whether you know it or don't know it is not your business. Always remember that. Take this word to your grave also. Never judge people it is God's duty to do that not ours he never stopped being a blessing to the people around him in whatever be the situation Amen however God was in control of Joseph's circumstances every moment of the way God will be in control of your circumstances all through the way Amen I want to show you two scriptures where many people say I don't accept it because my Bible says different I'll show you two scriptures Deuteronomy 23, verse 5 my brother Deuteronomy chapter 23 Verse 5 The Bible says, yes brother Deuteronomy However The Lord your God Turned the curse Into a blessing There's a it's on the screen Turned a curse into a Blessing Every curse that has been pronounced on you Will be turned into a blessing in Jesus name Don't ever come and say Somebody curse me No matter who can curse you God will take the curse And turn it around But there is a criteria He who is committed to God If you are one foot in the church One foot in the world Then this promise is not for you It is for you To the one who is totally committed to God Then no matter what curse is pronounced on you God will turn it into a blessing until you obey to do the wrong, like what happened in Balaam how he enticed the people. So from today onwards, don't go around and say a curse has been put upon me. That will only be a portion if you are not living a right life before God. The Bible is not wrong; it's true. I'll give you one more scripture. Take Je- Nehemiah chapter 13. Put it on the screen, said, brother. Yes, Nehemiah. Our God, however, turned the curse into a blessing. Here's the scripture again. However, God will turn every curse that has been put upon you into a blessing. All the scripture, put it on your door frame. Put it in your house. Confess it every day. Walk right before God and every curse will become a blessing for you in Jesus name. Amen. My third point, He gives us a clean slate. God gives you and me a clean slate. Verse thirty, my brother. Eight thirty. It's on the screen. Please. Thirty says, "And having chosen us, who? Who has God chosen? Who is us? Tell your neighbor. God has chosen you. Amen. Neighbor, tell the other person. God has chosen you too. So we know that God has chosen us. Yes, brother. Three. He called us to come to Him. Now. It is not you who go to God. Many people will say, "I have gone to God." It is God who, who draws you. He is like the honeycomb, and you are like the bee. That you know there is sweetness that He draws you. Yes, brother.
1: And when we came, ah.
0: He declared us not guilty. So one minute, when God calls you and He is like honey and you are a bee and when you go to Him, the first thing that God does to you, He says, not guilty. Give Him praise for that. He says, not guilty for you. Everyone says you are guilty. They will say that you are a thief, you are this, you are that. They will name you for anything. But our God says, the moment you come to Him, not guilty, no matter what your sin is. Yes, brother. Filled us with Christ's goodness. After saying that you are not guilty, now He gives you the gift of giving Christ, the goodness of Christ, that you become like Christ. You become just like His Son. Yes, my brother. And give us right standing with Himself. And now He says that you can stand. In the heavenlies You can be seated in the heavenlies That's the reason the Bible says We are, we are seated with Christ is because we have come to Him And now He allows us to be seated In the heavenlies And when you speak It is done Because now you are in line with God Because of the blood that was shed on Calvary Yes my brother And promised
1: us His glory
0: And then He says When you are faithful till the end The promises, the glory Amen He is a good God. He is a good God. Amen? So, what was the slate before we came to God? Next slide, my brother. What was on our slate before we came to God? Our slate was sin. That's what. I want you to take maybe 30 seconds and look at that scripture or look at those words. Were you not that? Were you not always getting angry for no reason? I was a person of anger. Every time I got angry, you lifted your finger, I got angry. Impurity. We all have it. We think wickedly in our hearts when we see somebody. But we show a beautiful smile. Greed. We are not satisfied with what God gives us. He has blessed us with a good job. And he says, I want you to be in the job. Now please don't misunderstand me. If God has kept you in a job... And if God has called you there, don't be greedy to jump somewhere else. Till His purpose is done, He will lift you up and He will move you. But what we do? The do, so moment I got this job, I want to get higher promotion. I need Pastor Leslie's uh, uh, job. I want to be a doctor so I can kill everybody. You will kill people. Don't desire somebody else's calling because that is that person's calling and not yours. Don't think you can become Pastor Abraham overnight. A man walked 34 years. Do you know from Amriya he walked to his church? How many of us are willing to walk from Amriya to church? We say get on camel and come, and we'll sit on the camel and we'll go. The man walked. Do not it's okay to desire, but learn first to walk before God faithfully. Then you desire. Next one, stealing. How many of us steal? We all steal at once, stole at one time, the pencils and the rubbers from offices. The papers from the offices, the staple pins. Even staple pins also be staple. I have to get women's ministry, men's ministry, it's okay to staple. Yes. Number one in stealing. Malice. Arrogance. Many Christians are very arrogant. First thing, you know who I am? We say that. Disobedience. Children very disobedient to the parents every time uh, I was watching the YouTube a young 8 year old child asked the mother and father for their phone and they refused to give the phone it was the 16th floor I think the child went out of the 16th floor window and jumped out just because mom and dad never gave the phone to her this is true disobedience fits of rage very easy fits of rage Lies, lust, envy Look at that list It's on and on and on That was who we were But when we came to Christ He wiped away Our slate completely Let us give glory to God for this For No matter what your sin is No matter what it is We were there Some of us are still there Some of us are still struggling in this area But he says if you come to me I will wipe it away clean by the blood of Christ. Amen. Amen. He sent Jesus for this one purpose to take away all our sins. John 1 1 John 1 9 the Bible says if we confess our sins he is faithful and just who will forgive our sins and purify us from all that slate which was there all unrighteousness He is willing to forgive. He is willing to wipe away. You don't have to carry that all your life. He has done it. He has done it for you and for me. Amen? Amen. Romans 8, verses 31, and the last portion of 31, it says, If God is for you, who can be against you? Can we say that aloud? If God is for me, who can be against me? One more time. Amen. If God is for us, no one can be against us. No one. Amen. No one can stop you from coming to Christ. No one can stop you. His blood has washed away your sins. Amen. My fourth point, because of time, I wanted to sing a song which I loved very much, but because of time. My fourth point is, He gives us whatever we need. I want you to look at that thing very carefully. Not what you want. You might want the CEO's job. He will not give you that. You might want BMW now. Now is not the time for BMW. Later on. You understand? He will give you what you need. If it is a donkey to come to church, you will receive a donkey to come to church. Okay? Now, verse 32. Let's quickly go to verse 32. Yes, my brother.
1: He that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him
0: also freely give us all things? How much? Freely give. You don't have to pay. You don't have to climb any mountain to get anything from God. Freely he will give it to you. God knows what we need more than what we know ourselves for all the youngsters, God knows when to bring a life partner into your into your life. He knows. Okay, you just tell the Lord, Lord, I am come to an age. Bring my life partner from north, south, east, west. It is his duty. Sometimes you don't have to go search for your life partner. I mean this. You don't have to go search. God will bring. God sent me to an house. I went to that house. I seen this beautiful girl. I fell in love with her. She's my wife now. I wanted a job, when I struggled to get a job, all the jobs that I struggled went. When I didn't want, I was quiet, minding my own business, somebody said go there. I went there, I got the job, I came to Oman. When it was time for some enemy to throw me back, I never did anything. Believe me, I never did anything. We never prayed. We said let your will be done, it's time for us to go 2016, packed our bags. He says no, not yet. He opened the door. Even now doors are closing, it's still opening. I'm asking when you're going to send me. He says, You stay till I want you to stay here. So don't worry. God will give you what you need. Don't run after it. Believe me, I'm telling this from experience. Do not run after it. You run after God. And what you need will be your portion in Jesus' name. The next slide, my brother. Next slide. We did not know we needed salvation. One minute, brother We did not know that we needed salvation But God knew and he sent his son Number one Number two We did not know that sin would destroy our lives But God knew and made forgiveness available for you and me We did not know that peace of mind is more valuable than money in the bank But God knew and he gave us a gift We did not know that we would need spiritual power To make it through life from day to day God knew it and He made us more than conquerors by giving us His Holy Spirit. Whatever we need, God has in store to give you today. Those of you who said Amen, Your portion. Now everyone joins. I want to challenge you today. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. Philippians 4 19 says, and my goal will meet all your needs. One minute. You have your Bible with you? Underline all. Today, you got a promise from God. You can take it to the bank. You can take it to the bank of God and say, God, you have promised all my needs. Jonah, That's your portion in Jesus' name. All your needs. God says, I will give it. But the condition, don't forget the condition. You should be committed. Yes, my brother. Continue
1: according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus.
0: Amen. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in according to his riches in glory is your portion in Jesus' name. I want to close with one scripture quickly again to the title of my message. Verse thirty one, last part. If God is for us, who can be against us? I heard a preacher sometimes say this. He says, my job now onwards is to go around the world and tell people that God isn't mad at them. That was the preacher made that comment. I will go and tell people that God is not mad with them. And that's why I stand here today in your midst to tell you, God is not angry with you. He loves you. He loves you very dearly. Believe me, He loves you more than what your mama and your papa loves you. He loves you more than what your brother or sister loves you. He loves you more than anybody else in the world that you can think of. Your father loves you. If there's one thing that you want to take and go home today, take and go. My God loves me. My God is not angry with me. And the reason I show this today, He prays for you, He gives you the best. He gives you a clean slate. He takes care of your need. What more do you want more than that? Can we take one scripture and read it together? Brother, please put on the screen verse 38 and 39 and we'll read the scripture together. Romans 8 38 and 39 Are you there? NIV brother? Okay, shall we read it together? Can we stand up please? Verse 38 and 39. Okay? Two, one go. For I am convinced that neither death or life, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you. Nothing. That's the scripture you take and go home today. Amen? Before Pastor Leslie comes to close, shall we sing this song? Lord, I offer my life to you. Everything that I've been through, use it for your glory. Everything, use it for your glory.
2: Lord, I offer my life to you. I don't make it as a prayer. Yeah.
1: Very simple. You don't need to even open your Bibles. If God is for us, who can be against us? So if ever we have held a thought, if today we hold the thought that everybody is against me, the whole world is against me, banish it. Banish it. Because if God is for you and for me, it doesn't matter about others. It doesn't matter if they are against me. It doesn't matter at all. Because my God is bigger. My God is greater. My God is mightier. My God is more powerful. My God is my everything. And that's what we need to be. Circumstances should not determine who we are. Who we are is who we are in Christ. Do you know the Lord today? Ask yourself that question. Do you know the Lord today? Do you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? If God has to be for you, you have got to know who you are talking about. You can't be saying, God is for me. But you don't know which God you are talking about. So I am asking you that question here. To someone here who doesn't know the Lord, you better give your life to God. Someone here, this is between you and the God you need to know. Not some God. So if that someone is you. Place your hands on your heart. And talk to God. Because you need to get right with God. And if when you get right with God. God is with you. God is for you. And when God is for you. It doesn't matter about the rest. That's all that matters. Church, let's pray. Church, let's pray. Let's just thank God that He has again reminded us that we have nothing to be worried about because it is God who is in charge of our lives. Church, declare it. Declare it. That you have got nothing to be worried about. Your tomorrow is safe. Whether it's going to be here or whether it's going to be elsewhere. Your tomorrow is safe. Your tomorrow is secure. Because it is God who controls your tomorrow. It is not man. Talk to God. Tell Him, God, thank you Lord that my hands are in your hands. Where you lead, I will go. Where you, What you ask me to do, I will do. Father, I thank you, Lord. Father, we just give thanks and praise to you, Lord, Father, because you give us the best, Lord. You have cleaned out our slate, Lord, Father. You give us what we need, Lord. And even those times when we don't know what to say, your Holy Spirit in us, intercedes with you, Father in heaven. We are so grateful that our lines of communication with you are never cut. We thank you, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for your servant whom you have used this day, Lord. To bring us this very crucial truth, Lord, Father. That when you are with us, who can be against us? Who can even attempt to be against us? Because it is you and just about you, Lord, Father. Father, we pray, Lord, that your hands of blessing will be upon your servant, Lord, who you used this day, Lord, Father. That you will anoint him the more, Lord, Father. That you will bless him and his family, Lord, Father. Every desire of theirs, we commit into your hands, Lord. That you will continue to use the family mightily in this place, Lord, Father. And you will bring words of wisdom, words of encouragement, words of knowledge, words of life into our lives, Lord Father. Through the man you used this day, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord. We ask that your blessings be upon him, Lord. Father, we commit every one of us into your hands, Lord Father. And Father God, help us burn into our hearts, Lord Father, this very thought, Lord Father, that when you are with us, there is nothing that I need to fear. There is nothing that I need to be worried about. It is you I need to hold on to. Thank you, Father God. Father, we commit ourselves into your hands. We ask that you be with us this week. And every step that we take and every word that we utter will be acceptable unto you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit... Be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.